Today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, Jamie Jamikowski from For The Pops Podcast joins us, and we're going all in on the business of pro wrestling, the business of WWE, and as a result, Brian's probably all out of this episode, right? What? No, I was just going to say, uh, if we're talking business and Jamie Jamikowski's here, I think that guy owes me money. Okay. Well, plus, we're going to have some feedback from our Smoky Mountain episode, your promo about nothing, and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 110 presented by BDARadio.com. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, now a Ring of Honor wrestler. He might still be the irresistible force. I think he's still the immovable object. He is the one-man Smoky Mountain smear campaign, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. That's not true. I had plenty of help on that episode. Well. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I kind of tried to let you out there uh, by yourself. But to, uh, poor Mike Mills doesn't even get to hear uh, all your comments. I hit the cutting room floor. Oh, my goodness. Well, we'll get to Mike Mills in just a second. But we also had someone trying to... Uh, get us in trouble with mr jim Cornette. did you see that tweet no i didn't see that well he did uh, he added mr Cornette talking about uh to mike mills saying your homies at the wpan took one smoky mountain wrestling episode one of four on the network out of context to shit on at the jim Cornette, writing himself into anything like wcw russo and wwe family don't remember Cornette winning a title pretending to wrestle or emasculating men Cornette didn't see this because obviously we're not quite at the level of one uh, James E. Cornette, but TwitDust, at TwitDust, tried to get us in trouble. Get us in trouble? I don't give a shit. Who the hell is Jim Cornette? <laughs> oh, right. TwitDust, you heard it. It's great. Jim Cornette's great. Like, you know, I just like, am I supposed to be afraid that I said something on this podcast that might upset Jim Cornette? Like, was he going to beat me up? Well, let me just say, Mr. Cornette, I think you are... The best manager of all time. I really mean that, actually. You think he's better than Bobby Heenan? I think Heenan's best stuff was when he was a color commentator, when he was on primetime. As a manager, like talking in ring, oh, not in ring, but at ringside, I would say Jim Cornette all over is uh, better than Bobby Heenan. Yeah, I think Jim, Jim Cornette's a great manager. I also think he's extremely bitter about pro wrestling in 2018. I don't even think that's deniable at this point. Well... He's uh, well, very passionate about yeah. that old school wrestling stuff, <laughs> and that and that's great. It, it, but I, I will say this: I don't, I don't care if it's on the record. Like Jim Cornette gets very upset about like the integrity of pro wrestling and the things like the Young Bucks do and things like that. But then he hosts a podcast that completely breaks kayfabe. So I don't know which is it. Are you upset because people are exposing the business, or are you cool with it because you make a couple bucks off it? Well, I think he talks about, you know, in the context of a wrestling show, a wrestling event, he wants it to be held a little higher regard. He wants it to be uh, something taken serious between the ropes. Well, for the entirety of pro wrestling, it's been about one thing. What's that one thing, Mike? 
making money. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. And uh, the guys he chooses to gravitate towards make a lot of money. He's making a lot of money. JimCornette.com is selling all that stuff. He should. He's fantastic. Like, he, 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 just, I, he's, he hates pro wrestling in 2018. I don't think that's uh, debatable. Well, speaking of people that love old school wrestling, Mike Mills from Booking the Territory, we kind of called him out after he suggested the episode we watched last week where it ended up being five Jim Cornette promos in the course of this one episode, <laughs> plus the gangsters making their debut and saying some uh, rather unsavory things. Hey, I see your phone out there. So I, I, get, I get the feeling there's some, uh, some crow about to be served up here. Well, we'll see because we have a voicemail. Usually we wait till a little later in the episode, but let's get right to the voicemail from uh, your friend and mine, former Uncivil War opponent of yours, Mike Mills on the voicemail line. Here we go. Hey, Crockett. Hey, Malonis. It's Mike Mills. I just wanted to call and say I thoroughly enjoyed you guys' episode on Smoky Mountain Wrestling. It was really good, entertaining. I love listening to you guys trying to make me get all worked up and hot and bothered and heated about your burial of Cornette's promotion. It's okay. I know your ties to the current wrestling scene and specifically the Northern-based product won't allow you to give a good old Southern wrestling territory its credit publicly because it would, you know, it would hurt your image, especially you, Brian, as much as we're friends. It's okay. The Young Bucks won't get mad if you admit that you are actually a fan of Jim Cornette. I'm pretty sure of that. I know you share a locker room with them, Brian, but they'll be cool with it. So I just want to say thanks again for all of your, your love and support, Crockett and Malonis, for booking the territory. And anybody out there listening to this, you can hear me and Hardbody Hopper from Wildcat Sports and Entertainment talk 1980s Jim Crockett promotions, if you don't like Smoky Mountain Wrestling, once a week. Just search booking the territory wherever you get your podcast from. And contrary to popular belief, as I said on the WPAN a few, I guess, months back now, I do like the current wrestling scene. I mean, I cover ROH for the Pro Wrestling Torch. Anyway, take care, guys. I can't wait to come back on and talk, talk some old Southern wrestling. I, I, get, I need to clear something up first, though. Okay. The, fa- the fallacies and the statements oh, boy. that Mike Mills just made. Okay. Um, Mike, do I have any ties to any Northern... Inter- northern northern uh, United States based international wrestling conglomerates. Do I have any ties to to that particular company that Mike Mills is referring to? WWE, you mean? Yeah. Do I have any ties to them? Uh, I don't think so. No? Okay. You're not uh, keeping what, that from what, me, are you? No, no. What wrestling okay. promotion do I have ties to? Strong ties to? Ring of Honor. Where's Ring of Honor based out of? Is it Baltimore? They are indeed. Would you consider Baltimore the southern United States? Uh, it's in the middle there, right? Yeah. It's getting there. Like... I, I would I would say that I'm part of a new age Southern wrestling promotion. <laughs> okay. So let's clear up those fallacies. I I, I am not. I, I don't. I have no ties to World Wrestling Entertainment. So I'm not a shill for WWE. So um, I was really uh, a little taken back by Mike Mills' approach here. He wasn't uh, angry. <laughs> he wasn't upset. <laughs> so we'll, 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 I guess we'll go after Cornette, right? I'm not going after Cornette, and I'll I'll admit because uh, because I, I am I'm a fan of Jim Cornette's work, like his managerial work. I, I'm not a fan of his constant really bashing of pro wrestling. Now, like it's just uh, to me, it's a tired act at this point. <laughs> he just bashes everything. I enjoy his shows. I still listen to Jim Cornette's podcasts every week. 
uh, Monday and Thursday. I'll give a little plug. Why not? Uh, and uh, I enjoy you're hoping us. somebody does tweet this at him and he picks up on it and screams <laughs> at us. Come on, and you're not going to. Yeah, you're not going to get any of the of the heat. But I'm not, I'm not burying Jim Cornette. Like I'm not saying like the dude. The dude knows more wrestling. Has like forgotten more wrestling than I'll than I'll ever know. It's just like at some point, it's it's just it's just noise at some point. Any credence to what Twit Dust says that, you know, we looked at one episode out of context. If we actually sat down and watched a run of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, we'd have a different idea. Well, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing, too. I guess we'll steal a line from uh, from our buddy Conrad Thompson. We're trying to produce an entertaining podcast here. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'd probably feel a little bit differently if I sat down. And maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll sit down and watch some Smoky Mountain Wrestling. But facts are facts. That dude buries Vince Russo. The, I'm sure he's buried the McMahons at some point. That's a big criticism of all these people who, uh, I, I mean, I, the funny thing is, like, he doesn't ever bury, like, Dusty Rhodes, does he? Who was the booker and put himself over a lot and gave himself a lot of TV time. So he's very selective as to who he buries. And then on his wrestling program, he does the very same thing. He has five promos and was protesting outside the ring at the start of it. Oh, Brian. Well, I guess maybe we'll hit back. Uh, we'll get back to Smoky Mountain Wrestling at some point. Maybe we'll have Mike Mills on next time <laughs> you watch some Smoky Mountain Wrestling and really have a in-depth conversation about Southern wrestling once again. I was maybe there could have been three Jim Cornette promos and maybe we could have seen a little bit more of the Thrill Seekers. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh... Talk about a lot of podcasts here. We have someone here joining us who is a member of a podcast. I thought he fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> For the Pops podcast on the NAI Pop Network. He is the former owner of Chaotic Wrestling and uh, our old boss, Brian Malonis. This is Jamie Jamikowski. Hello, sir. Hello, gentlemen. So good to see you again. Hello. And thank you. We're actually here in the For the Pause podcast studios. That's right. Uh, you know, a spot usually reserved for Scotty Slade, but you guys are here tonight, or I should say, I'm in. I'm in the guest seat tonight. This is kind of. I don't have to take a quiz or anything. No, no quizzes. Guys, do I? All right, good. No, Crockett doesn't put any effort into the show these days. <laughs> All right. Well, he's got other things going on. He's got other things going on. My goodness gracious. Maybe we'll talk about that on a different podcast. And Michael, I do want to point out that I'm now the host. I'm the host of two podcast because in addition to for the pops i've also now started the let the chaos begin podcast with uh, chaotic wrestling's very own rich paladino are you serious yeah where we are telling the the verbal history of chaotic wrestling from day one straight through and we've just dropped our first episode oh boy yeah and we cover the homecoming show when john cena and vince mcmahon showed up in chaotic wrestling and we we talk a lot about that and we have some other fun topics coming up so you know, if you pick up on the For the Pops feed, if you like and subscribe, you'll get both For the Pops and the Let the Chaos Begin podcasts. I'll just ask if you're going to bury me. Just use my name when you do it. <laughs> you know, I actually mentioned you in the first one, and I didn't use your name. Oh, boy. Um, but I don't think I buried you. I, I was more of a burial of myself. <laughs> but actually, we're going to hope to have some guests in on some of them, depending on the topic, too, because uh, as you guys both know, sometimes my memory is not the best when it comes to things. So I'm kind of telling my version just make it up like history. other podcasts do, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just, I, it's my version of what happened, which may or may not be the truth. <laughs> very interesting. I'm actually very much looking forward to hearing the Let the Chaos Begin podcast. So two podcasts now, and Chaotic Wrestling is in your rearview mirror now. Last time we had you on, I think, is when you were just walking away. You were signing the papers, signing away Chaotic yes, Wrestling. that was during my, my big Chaotic Farewell, which went on <laughs> and just, just, like three months of me saying goodbye. 
It's a special five-part episode on For the Pops. It was. It was with, uh, with Adult, yes. which was always entertaining with Adult Mark. <laughs> uh, so how do you feel, like, what is it, six, eight months since you walked away from Chaotic Wrestling from the wrestling business in a, in a uh, sense? I, so, feel, I feel great. I, I enjoy, I don't want to say I enjoy not being involved. I miss it at times. I think I mostly miss the people. But the people that I like and I got along with, I tend to see them socially now. Anyway, so it's been it's been fun. I still keep tabs on it, you know. Most of my Facebook friends, everybody on Twitter, it's it's all wrestling related. So I still follow everybody and, and pay attention to everybody. I'm still a fan of the industry and the business too. I think it's a great time to be a fan of the wrestling industry with everything that's been going on. So I, I find that just as fascinating as, if not more fascinating, than maybe what's going on on, on a local independent level. We'll uh, talk about that a little more later. The business of pro wrestling yep. happening today uh other business though i'm still the for the pops quiz champion right i'm, I'm my number one no i i think yeah i'll have to check if you go to for the you can see the rankings i know i believe you're undefeated aren't you i think I believe so. you're two and oh i think so oh boy and brian i think you're you're oh and one you've only t- i think i am yeah you were on the big avengers one when we had nine people in here no right? i wasn't on that one no. oh no you missed that one i'm sorry that's right I, I was. Wish, I uh, wish you had been on that one. I was off doing big things for uh, Ring of Honor wrestling. That's right. No, Excuse I forgot. Me. You, you, Scotty, and I. We did a separate one. Ours was still superheroes. Do we talk superhero TV uh, shows? I think. I don't even. I don't remember. Fully remember at this point. But no, Brian. We had fun with Brian, and and I. That was a rough for the pops quiz. If I remember. Uh, yeah, it was like toys or something, and we couldn't. Oh, even that's get that. right. We did the the top selling holiday toys of all time, and my favorite is when we get to the last question on the for the pops quiz uh, when we have that that nail biter tie. Of zero to zero. (laughs) (laughs) Always seems to happen. Yeah, it's always it's always a good time. It's it's always fun, as you know, Michael. A few days after editing out all the dead air of people just thinking for for minutes at a time of of when did my little pony editing that podcast too? (laughs) No, not me. No, I edit that one. Jesus Christ, I I do that one. But I figured Michael would would commiserate with me on on having to you know make up for people who aren't giving giving good radio or giving good podcasts. Hey, maybe we're all here together. You can teach him how to use a mixer. I bought, I bought a $200 mixer for him that he uh, hasn't even opened yet. Really? It's opened. It's collecting, it's collecting dust. Yeah, next cats to the peeing in it pretty soon. There's going to be baby <laughs> puke in it or something. Well, I know uh, as soon as we're done with this one, we're going to kind of shift to the other side of the studio and we'll head to the For the Pop studio and you'll actually see our setup because you guys are going to be our guests on our June 1st edition of For the Pop. So th- this will be fun. So Mike, you can see you can see what a real podcast looks like. <laughs> <laughs> very interesting. Very interesting. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, Jamie, as a businessman, right, as the former owner of a pro wrestling company, you're kind of the guy to talk to uh, with everything going on these days in pro wrestling and WWE. And we'll get right to that. But first, before Brian checks out of this episode completely, we're talking about WWE. Let's get in his plug for BrianMalonis.com. What's going on over there? Yeah, lots of good, lots of good things, buddy. Uh, there was a uh, finally we sold the curtain jerker T-shirt. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. A friend of the show. He's a fr- definitely a friend if he's buying a T-shirt. Yes, yes, a friend, a good friend of yours. He was a, a guest on your other podcast. Oh, putting over a podcast. You mean yeah. Joe Murata? I do mean Joe Murata. Oh, I didn't know. 
Yes. Yeah, I know. I know. I told you. <laughs> so, yes, what else can you get over there? You get the Curtain Jerker shirt. Curtain Jerker t-shirt, my new uh, Mastodon logo shirt, and uh, an oldie but a goodie, the Kingpin logo that, that you designed. And eventually, um, when you do that little project you told me you'd do for me, uh-huh. uh, there'll be a fourth t-shirt up there. I, I get the feeling I should probably just outsource it to somebody else. But Well, we're working on that. We're working on it. Yeah, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day, my friends. <laughs> so, Brian Malone com that's where you get the t-shirts or you could also go to the merch tab at the wpan.com that is the wpan.com that is the hub the home base of the wrestling podcast about nothing find the episodes find the links to subscribe to the podcast get our bios old photographs everything over there at t-h-e-w-p-a-n.com and we mentioned putting our podcasts a second ago the facebook group go to facebook Put in the search bar, putting over podcasts. Join that group. We're all talking about uh, pro wrestling podcasts over there. So make sure you go join the Facebook group and check out the first episode of the Putting Over Podcasts podcast with Joe Murata. Perhaps more to come. We'll have to take a inventory on that. I got a lot of good feedback. Thank you for everyone for enjoying that podcast. So here we go. Brian Malonis, all in. You get booked yet? <laughs> Nobody. Nope. Hasn't happened. No. Hasn't happened. But no. All In is just a, a phenomenon. It is sold out. Sold out in 30 minutes. We mentioned that last week. The convention, uh, StarCast, has anyone who's anyone in pro wrestling and pro wrestling podcasts involved. I will, there are some like panels there that I want to be. If I, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I ended up getting booked for that, I, I'd really want to go watch a bunch of those. You want to be a karaoke with uh, Jeff Jarrett? Jeff Jarrett's with Marty Skrull. No, there's there's a Spend My Days karaoke with uh, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, there's Bruce two Pritchard. karaokes. I guess so. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, that's <laughs> the one. So, Jamie, when you first heard of this all-in deal, what was kind of your first reaction? You mean when you guys brought it up to me right before the show? <laughs> Come on! To be fair, I did. I did ask Jamie before asking him to be on. Like you've heard of this, right? <laughs> if not, could you hop on Google and just look it up so you sound somewhat intelligent? Yes, I I do know about it. I found it interesting. What was the word you used? A phenomenon? Yeah. Is that is that what the word you used? Yeah. Um, I have a little different opinion. Oh, with the exception Close. of one person on the show. It kind of reminds me of, and everybody's getting all wound up. Oh, they sold 10,000 seats in half an hour. It's the first time a company sold 10,000 seats at WWE since WCW was in business. First company besides the big two to sell blah, 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 right? That's yeah. a big buzz on it. Um, Brian, I'm, I'm going to turn to you for, for a minute, and I'm going to bring up a movie that I think you've seen. Remember the movie Little Giants? I do. Remember? And what was their whole thing? One time, right? Any underdog can have something great happen one time. Getting selling this many tickets, having this mega show one time, it's interesting. It's kind of unique. I think it's neat that they were able to do it. Do I think this is like ground shaking and earth shattering for the business? No, I really don't. Do I think this is any kind of threat, challenge, or message to WWE? No. I think the only thing it's done, I said I, I brought up one person, Cody Rhodes. I think Cody Rhodes, how long has he been? Um, away from about two years now. Yeah, going on that. Something like that. Because we we had him on the Chaotic Show in Lowell, which would have been two summers ago now, two or three summers. Yeah, and we we, we, we had to re-record an early episode of the WPAN to talk about it because it was late-breaking news. Do you remember this, Mike? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, I texted you. Okay. Yeah. 
I think Cody has done an amazing job of building up his value and his equity in the industry. I think I may have texted with you earlier in the week, Malonis. I think that when all is said and done, what I want to see is I want to see the monster deal that WWE signs Cody Rhodes back to. I think that's been the end game since day one. Get out, make this huge name for myself, for himself, show what he can do, and then re-sign for huge dollars. And and I use that little Giants example because, again, anybody can do it once. Any underdog can can do something great once, do it repeatedly, and then I think that's what makes you a lasting impact on the industry and on the business. Yeah, and I'll kind of, but it has to start somewhere. And if you look at the progression of things with with Ring of Honor and and New Japan, it's like so. Last year at Supercard of Honor, Ring of Honor set an all time record with thirty five hundred tickets. This year at Supercard of Honor, they sold six thousand tickets. Now this, which is it has other people on it, but really the guys at the top of the the marquee are the core of the Ring of Honor. You know, the top of the Ring of Honor card. They sold 10,000 tickets. So to me, it, it's it's an upward trend. It represents an upward trend. Are they going to sell if, if it keeps being 10,000-seat arenas? No, they're not going to sell them out consistently right now. But it still has to, to build. To me, uh, something uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike likes to bury ECW being a net negative. To me, Ring of Honor, I, I feel like it, 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 if it hasn't yet, it's right there and very close to surpassing ECW as far as drawing power and, and staying power, really. Thoughts, Mike? Yeah, there's there's a trend, but it's it's really way too small of a sample set to really know if, if Ring of Honor... I mean, they, they do very well every year, WrestleMania weekend. I know the gates are up, the houses are up everywhere, but when they come back to those towns the next time, is it more tickets? I mean, I don't have that information in front of me, but it does seem like it's an upward trend, but like I said, too small of a window to really know for sure if this is for real. And Brian, I know you, you work for Ring of Honor. God bless you. I hope I hope you get to continue to work with them. You get more with them. You make more with them. I think the biggest thing that's been hurting the industry for the longest time is the lack of an alternate option. I know you guys, we all listen to the podcast, the Pritchards, the Bischoffs. Great thing about all of those is they talk about a lot of when it was WCW challenging WWE. So there was competition in the marketplace. I really view everybody, and with another one of my great analogies, I picture it's like you're in the middle of the ocean, and there's this big whale that's like just swimming around and eating. And it's like, sometimes it, it'll hit things and it kills them. And there's like all this other stuff around it that the whale doesn't want to eat. So you have other creatures that swim up and they kind of shadow along with the whale, right? And they eat and they grow with all of its scraps, off all of its scraps. I honestly think that's that's what the entire wrestling industry is with the WWE. The WWE is this big whale that's swimming through the ocean and everybody else kind of following along. Now, what Ring of Honor has done is I think they are the biggest one that's feeding off the big whale. So they are getting the prime scraps. They are getting the best pieces of the meat that's left over. But I think if WWE's business started to dive... I don't think you would see Ring of Honor or anybody continue on an upward slope while WWE goes down. I think it's all a function of as WWE grows, so does everybody else. They pull them right along with them. Well, I think the analogy makes sense when you're talking about WrestleMania weekend where everyone is kind of feeding off the fact that WrestleMania is in that town. But All In is just as completely separate on an island in Chicago, Labor Day weekend. So it's it's like on an island of its own. No, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. The, the main eventer, right, is Cody Rhodes. 
Right. Well, we don't know the and, card yet. Well, the, we know and, Cody Rhodes and the is young draw. And the young, but you're 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 vastly underselling the young bucks and Kenny Omega and and the rest of the Bullet Club. I think Okada. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okada is another one. Like you're 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 really underselling. There there's a lot of marquee guys, all guys who WWE would kill to have under contract right now. I I disagree. I personally, you disagree that WWE would want these guys. I think if WWE and again, I I don't want to be proven wrong when down the road, because that was kind of how I opened some of this, and I, I use Cody as my example, that, no, if this is successful, which obviously it, it, it is, the first one is, if there's any inkling that this is something that could continue longer term, no, absolutely, I think WWE is going to do what they've done to other companies throughout history, is go in, take the best ones, strip them, and, and stomp on their neck. Right, that, that's what they do. They just, that hasn't happened, though. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega have both turned down WWE contracts to stay put, and Cody Rhodes left there, though. And I'm not just being a shill for Ring of Honor. I'm just saying as a whole, the industry itself, not just WWE, is very healthy right now. And I, I think you're thinking of competition in the traditional, like, Eric Bischoff and WCW and Ted Turner wanted to go up to WWE, and they wanted to punch him in the mouth. And I think what's happening now is... Ring of Honor and other indie companies are realizing, like, that's a pretty big pie out there. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go kick their teeth in to get a piece of that pie and enjoy and enjoy some prosperity. And I think that that's what what's happening right now. See, and I, I love your analogy. I think where you and I differ is it's a you're, you are correct. I agree with you when you say it's a big pie. And when you say I want to get a piece of that pie, I, I will always believe until it's proven wrong that no. You'll get whatever parts of the pie WWE allows you to eat, and I think I think that's what you're seeing right now. With the the specific guys I've talked about, though, simply not true. I mean, the amount of self marketing and self promotion guys like like the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes have done, uh, Kenny Omega has done. These guys aren't just making like peanuts. Like these guys are making. Like they they would be pretty solid earners in WWE right now. Like WWE would have to pony up some serious deals for, for these guys for them to leave what they're doing. Like they they'd have to. Like they they all make and, I, and I'm not going to pretend to know exact numbers, but they all make very good livings, very very good livings off off pro wrestling. And and like I said, one guy left there, and then three of them have at least three of them has said thank you, but. No, thank you. And again, I'm not gonna. I don't want to get you in trouble because you got to work with some of these guys. But but so I'm gonna turn to Crockett because you and I are <laughs> you're on an extended hiatus yes. and I'm retired. Yes. Do you honestly believe for a minute that when WWE makes the monster offer to Cody Rhodes, he's not gonna jump back at it? Uh, depends on when. It depends if he's if he's done. I don't think. I mean, not in terms of done. I mean, done doing what he wants to do. Done like if he wants to settle down completely and not worry about anything, he'd go back there. I don't think it's happening anytime soon, though. Oh, I I will bet you. Let's say over under three years. Cody Rhodes is back in WWE. You're kind of making my point though. That that's that's my point though. In the past, WWE would just be like. For for all us indie schlubs, we're gonna pay you twenty six grand a year to go to come do this. And okay, yes, I thank you, <laughs> thank, thank you for paying me minimum wage to uproot my entire life. And and now it's sixty five or seventy grand or whatever they pay mm-hmm. these guys to go train at NXT or whatever. 
these guys specifically, though, like those four, uh, you could probably loop in like an Adam Page and Marty Skrull into that. These guys are essentially going to write their own paychecks if WWE wants them. Like they, like they actually have for the first time in a long time, they're professional wrestlers who are going to go to the negotiating table with WWE. And they have leverage, much right. like AJ Styles did, much like Shinsuke Nakamura did. Like these guys weren't coming in for the NXT sixty five or the old twenty six grand a year. These guys actually have negotiating power to say, "No, I make this here." Like you, and you got to you got to top this. Yeah, but and again, you and I are arguing the same. The different is it different? Yeah, sides no, I, I, I think we're on the because, same because yeah. I. But I view that so much differently because I view that as if correct me when I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, but like AJ and Nakamura, when they all got signed away, I really view that as, and you are right, are they getting paid more? And we joke about, you know, the old developmental contracts when we had the CTC. It was $500 a week. Embarrassing. Yeah, it was, it was laughable. And you are right. These guys are getting real, I don't want to say main event paydays, but they're getting real superstar paydays. They're going in as established superstar names, you know, the Nakamuras and the Styles. I still view it more as, WWE at that time deciding something was happening and something was building momentum. And it was kind of WWE saying to them, no, 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 you don't get this part of the pie anymore. We're taking them. And if we have to spend to get them, we'll do it. But I still think everybody, and I used to be part of it, I still think we are just all still at their mercy because they've got the dollars. And you'll, you'll always have the examples to prove the rule. They're Amazon. They're Amazon right now. WWE is Amazon, and they can swallow up. Yeah, that 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 part I agree with. But what I'm saying for the guys as individuals, no longer will is WWE for for the guys like that. No longer is WWE able to go to them and say, "This is what you're getting. You're going to take it, and you're going to like it, and you're going to smile, and you're going to sign Correct. it, and you're going to play by our I agree rules." With you. That bullshit is not happening anymore, especially with those guys. Right. It's like if WWE Network tried to get Michael Crockett to go over and do a podcast with them, there's no way they could afford to get you away from the WPAN. I, I think there's no better example with WWE is that they'll go to somebody with hat in hand than the, what they've done with with Pritchard and, and Conrad's podcast over there. Right. They they struggle for original programming. That podcast has done a lot of burials of a lot of a lot of people and they went to them and they're on the network now. Yeah, and I think we're transitioning kind of into WWE from All In and the health of WWE. I mean, we talked about the health of the independents and what's going on with guys that have actual negotiating power because they're making real money on the independents. But the health of WWE, especially after this deal, uh, well, it's rumored, it's eminent, it has not been confirmed by WWE. The deal of WWE SmackDown going to Fox Network, not FS1, not some other FX auxiliary network, Fox Network, uh, apparently... Network television. Yeah. Yes, apparently Friday nights, uh, they're saying it's going to happen October 2019, so almost a year and a half away. But what does this mean, Brian Malonis, for WWE? Are you allowed to talk about this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can right. talk about whatever I want. <laughs> okay. I can talk about whatever I want. Just wow. check it. Just what I choose to talk about. All right. All right. I'm no, really I, confused by, the, by some of the, the, the politics on your show here, Michael. <laughs> My goodness. Me too. No, I, I think it, I think, but it's a, one of those things. That it's good overall for. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I guess it remains to be seen if it's good overall for for, for pro wrestling or pro wrestlers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. I, 
it's incredible that they just signed a, or they're gonna, they're about to sign a one billion dollar TV deal. Aside from that, their stock has skyrocketed. I just saw today like Vince McMahon is now worth like one point eight billion dollars. Like it, it's in it's insanity. Like, but he has to kind of go to the other point. Is WWE even a pro wrestling company anymore? Yeah. Like, nope. Like they are like a media conglomerate at, at this point. They've become it's 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 funny. AOL Time Warner kind of cannibalized WCW and put it out of business, and WWE has almost become like their own like Time Warner with all their divisions. And it's like the wrestling is yeah. like a division now of this company. But man, and here's here's my crazy. prediction. And I don't want to say this was all mine. I have to always give credit to Jim Kettner because he put this planted this little seed in my head. I think what you're seeing now is the next evolution. In WWE getting bought up probably within five years by one of these. Oh, somebody, one of the monsters. Somebody ones. buying them out? Somebody will buy them out. Yeah, I'm sure. That, yeah. That, that's what this is all positioning to do. And Brian, when you talked about Vince being worth all that money, what I think is so cool is do you know how many members of that executive team are like multi bajillionaires now? Because remember, like occasionally you'll see on some of the pro wrestling news sites that so and so sold some stock. But like Johnny Ace, when he was vice president of talent relations, one thing they all used to get was stock options. So all these people have these vested stocks. Where this thing I, I looked up right as we came on, it, it's at $58 a share. Yeah, imagine if you got in when it was like 14 or 15 bucks. I bought it at 11 Oh, way back when. I sold it at 27 back in like 2013. <laughs> it had a little spike. But this is, I was talking about this with somebody today. So like on one hand at the time, I was thrilled because I made almost three times, right? Yeah. Just under three times what I paid for it, and now I'm on suicide watch. I'm like, son of a bitch, 58. How weird is it now? You're talking about talking about a pro wrestling company that is essentially part of like a really good portfolio with somebody yeah, trying exactly. to build their personal wealth. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you think of the deal? They're going to be on apparently on network television coming in uh, 2019, Jamie. You know, what I think it is is I think it's, it's just the evolution of so many things. It's the evolution of WWE wanting to be an entertainment company, and you hit the nail on the head, Brian. You know, look how much effort they've put into um, what the hell is it called? Total Divas, and what's the what's the Bella version, Michael? I know you watch Total Bellas. What about Ms. and Mrs.? You gonna watch Ms. that? Mrs. That's on USA, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but all those, you can see they're putting more and more focus into that. I'm not saying higher percentage than than the wrestling product, but they're putting more and more energy into that. Brian used to the alternate programming in terms of the evolution of broadcast television. That's changed because of all the streaming networks and this and that. What do you see networks buying more and more of that stayed consistent? Reality TV, right? Tends to be cheaper to produce. You know, it's original content year-round. So really, if you look at Fox's side, they just got a great Friday night reality show with guaranteed content and a guaranteed audience. Keep in mind, we don't know what the raw deal is yet either. Like... Right, that is still yet <laughs> like to be negotiated. Which you figure maybe a little more, probably worth a little more. I would think so. <laughs> like they always market, you know, Raw as like the A program. Like you got to figure NBC Universal is probably paying a little a little more for it. It's it's incredible, and it, and it's and, and I'm sure we'll we'll delve deeper into this, but. All the yahoos out there, some of them we know, <laughs> the Julian stars of the world <laughs> with the wow. pissing and moaning about Roman Reigns and this and that. It's like, well, WWE's playing the long game and they're trying to sell. That's the thing. Yep. WWE's not trying to sell pro wrestling storylines anymore. They were trying to sell 
television rights and and they did it right in front of everybody's face and nobody nobody even really <laughs> realized it but a, a guy yeah. I'm sorry a guy like Roman Reigns is easier to sell the, and I I won't I won't pick on anybody in the WWE roster I'll I'll pick on myself <laughs> you know like yeah who's WWE going to they going to push a guy like Roman Reigns who looks like a goddamn right. movie star he looks right. like he looks like you know he looks like Conan the Barbarian for Christ's sake they're you said it Brian they're an entertainment conglomerate now and I know you're a Disney guy Right? Have you seen what? What was the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie? I think there's another one coming out this summer, maybe. I haven't seen right? one since like the second one. The second one was the last good one, but Disney keeps churning those things out. I watched the last. It was terrible. It was awful. <laughs> no, it was really just a bad. I think movie. I saw the last one. Too. And it, this is my Roman Reigns comparison. So everybody will complain and bitch and moan about how bad these Pirates movies are. Why do they keep putting them out? Why do they keep forcing them down the throat? Johnny Depp sucks now. Then you go to the parks, right? And that ride, it's not a great ride, right? Lines out the door. And when you go in and when you come out, what do you go through, Brian? Gift shop. Gift shop. <laughs> and when you're walking around now, what do you see all the kids with? They've got their little pirate gimmicks on, and now the boys are with the pirate makeup, right? Disney isn't putting out these movies because they necessarily want that they feel that this is the most high-quality movie that they can produce. It's a marketable movie that they can sell tickets they can sell merch. They can sell all the other peripheral stuff. And that's what WWE does now. Roman Reigns is not about putting the best wrestler in the main event anymore. And he should have been. Chi- no, you're right, Brian. Although he is pretty fucking good. He is. No, 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 again, we're just using him as the perfect yeah. example right now. He's the one everybody bitches about. Right. But, but you know, you know where he's perfect? On that big four story banner. They hang from the WrestleMania dome. He's he's also going to look good as a guest star on animated into the Simpsons or. I don't know. I don't even know a Fox right. show. The, the middle <laughs> is that a Fox show? Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, exactly. He's going to look great as a guest star on those. When Fo- that, and that's the other big part of this too. Like with WWE going to Fox now or SmackDown going to Fox, they're going to push it on football. They're going to push it on exactly. baseball. They're going to push it on their other programs. Like this is insane. Cross promotion is, is going to be yeah insane. They're, they're create. They're essentially create. The, <laughs> so the big, the other big bitch, and, and I think we've even talked about before is. Wow, they're not creating these stars with crossover mass appeal, and now like they have this venue of network television with a company that's investing a billion dollars yeah. in them, and they're gonna they're gonna help them make mainstream crossover stars. And correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. Didn't Fox just pick up Thursday Night Football now too? I think so. Yeah. So now picture there's that football audience on a Thursday night, which I'm assuming there's probably some crossover to a wrestling audience. You're now pushing SmackDown to an NFL audience. Every single week for 16 weeks, the night before it's on, that's huge. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, and like you said, now in the booth, you know, when they're doing Thursday night football, guarantee you, they're going to be WWE personalities in the booth, you know, yeah, guest yeah. commentating for, it's like in baseball, like they do, like when they come in for the half inning. Yeah. Exactly what they're going to start doing. It's like, oh, they don't listen to the fans. They don't know what their fans want. Well, the hardcore fans are always going to be there. Yep. They're always going to watch. They're the same ones that are the first ones to run to run to Twitter and all that. What does WWE care about? Things trending and all that stuff. They're the first ones that run to their computers or their phones or whatever to complain about this stuff happening. But they still watch. They still pay their nine ninety nine a month. And then what they're trying to do is really suck in the casual people. And, and, and again, they were they were playing the long game right in front of everybody's noses, and nobody even realized it. But 
So God damn. Yeah, speaking of the nine ninety nine a month, what do you think this huge TV deal, broadcast TV, network TV, what do you think that means for the network? Is it something where the most important stuff happens on regular TV rather than pay-per-views? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think I think so. I think you're going to, you know, if Brock Lesnar is going to be around, I think he's going to tend to appear on regular TV more often than he appears on network specials because again, Fox and NBC Universal, if Fox is paying a billion, NBC Universal is going to at least be paying a billion for that. So you figure you have two TV networks or TV media conglomerates have each paid a billion dollars each for rights. <laughs> you got to figure as part of that, it's yeah, you're, this guy right. needs to be on. If he's going to be on, he needs to be on this because we paid a billion dollars for this. So, because what, what's their subscriber number at right now? Oof, was it one point six or one point eight? I'm going to call range. it. I'm going to call it two because I can't do math that right. well. Right. Right. So if it's, if it's two million subscribers a month times again easy math, right? That's ten bucks a month. Yep. That's twenty million a month. Right? Is that my? Am I doing my math right? Yeah. Right. So they're so twenty times twelve compared to. A billion, right? Like you said, Brian, the money that these networks are going to fork over, it's going to force them. Yeah, it's incredible. To put their 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 good programming and their good content where their money is. Yeah, you want you want you want a prediction, Micah? And, and who knows if we'll be around doing this podcast? Because I'm giving a little bit more leeway than your Nakamura prediction. Okay, but I, I'm going to say, boy, I don't want to say I don't want to say ten years because that seems way too far out. I'm going to say within five years. WrestleMania becomes a network special, much wow. like much like wow. the, much like the Super Bowl. Because th- think about it, WWE patterns a lot of what they do after what the NFL has done. That's they a really built a performance idea. center after after NFL facilities. Why would they not? Ha- you, you have Super Bowl Sunday. Why would they not have WrestleMania Sunday, where it's on a network television? To this day, the most watched wrestling match is still Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant on network TV. Is it not? I think so. I'm yeah. pretty sure yeah, that's for, still the most what Saturday main event. So they want the most eyes on, on their on their product. They want to. They're going to eventually want to. You know, in five years or whatever, six years technically, because they got a year before this takes place. They're going to want to sell those television rights for even more. Boy, why wouldn't you turn? Why 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 wouldn't they turn WrestleMania into a like a Super Bowl type event that's on that's on that takes up. All day on a Sunday, just like the Super Bowl does. This is an episode of bold predictions, Michael. It is. Brian very just made his. I made mine that WWE will be sold within five years, and Cody Rhodes will be signed back to them within three. And uh, what's your big prediction? Yeah, what do you got, Mike? Uh, Celtics and six. Celtics and six. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, you, wow. you sh- uh, you're probably hoping they get eliminated so you don't have to go to any more games. Probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Michael, can you name four Celtics right now? Uh, the might be able to Jalen Brown, uh, Frig, uh, the the Kyrie who's injured. Uh, there's two more too. Uh, Al Horford and uh, the other guy, Larry Bird. Yeah, exactly. Larry Bird. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you talked about the fact that you think Raw might get similar money to uh from USA that SmackDown is apparently getting from Fox, but. Irregardless of that, would you say SmackDown, you know, a billion dollar deal, is SmackDown now the A show? It's on network television. Would you say that that would be the show where all the big stars go? Is that going to be the A show? It's always been the B show to Raw, but... No, but I will say this: I I don't think the brand split is going to survive this. I was going to ask you that as well. I, I think I think I think all the top stars will be heavily pushed on both shows. And I, I think I think you're gonna see yeah I, I 
it's 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 going to be a whole different world for them now. Like the, the, Ron Smackdown kind of have those forgettable sort of episodes, and, and this is a, this is a, another kind of new world for them with network television. Is network television shows go on hiatus? You know they they have season finales. They they go they go on breaks. There there is no break from for WWE. So sports teams have seasons. Yeah, like I you know I don't I don't know how that's gonna play out because a big thing is you know a a, a a big thing is season finales and mid season finales or during sweeps. Is that still a thing now? Yeah, like, May and November I think. Yeah, it, it's funny. I was thinking the same thing. Is you wonder with a partner like Fox or Fox paying that much money, are they going to be given leeway to dictate? when certain things happen because like you said i'm sure there are probably going to be certain times of year maybe football season where they may not this is going to sound weird but they may not care about how smackdown performs during football season because they know nfl is their money maker but are they going to say yeah you know we need stuff to happen during the summer months February, we need, or, we need yeah. event programming during some of these time periods because that's that's when we need your ratings because they now have to sell the advertising, right? I'm, I'm not In sure theory. how television television yeah. fully works, but I think it's going to be a whole new world when it comes to you want you want to see people bitching about booking. Wait, wait till wait till the top stars are in. 10 segments a night, <laughs> you know, now. And then when WWE wants to push some new guy from NXT and they go, eh, why don't you give John Cena a little more TV time? Because <laughs> he, he pops the ratings. <laughs> Speaking of a whole new world, when uh, SmackDown first started, it was on UPN, which is a network, Ish. <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> with the air quotes that no one does anymore. And they got a lot of scrutiny because they were on you know, essentially network television for the first time. That is where the like parent television council first got a hold of uh, the number of times they did crotch chops on network TV, the number of times they said, suck it. Do you think we're in line for a much more closely scrutinized uh, wrestling product when they go to Fox? I mean, does WWE do anything controversial anyways at this point? Well, I think they've been prepping for this moment for a while, right? They've been. How about last Monday, the the Sami Zayn segment? That, that <laughs> I got haven't a lot seen of, it yet, uh, but I saw people getting all up and. Do you think but, that would happen on Fox? Uh, I, I mean, oh. maybe they might trot it out there. I, I, I personally think that it's just people trying to grasp at straws now. But that's kind of what like ninety percent of fake Twitter outrage is. Is here's this innocent thing that's not intended to be this at all oh my god let's this and then <laughs> one more on tweets it and then all these other idiots gravitate towards it and then all of a sudden you got three million people talking about it who didn't even see it like it's just yeah the most offensive thing about it was it wasn't funny <laughs> <laughs> that's somebody else said that to me the most this uh, a different way the, the most offensive thing about it that it wasn't entertaining at all yeah basically <laughs> so you don't uh jamie think that it it's gonna have. I think uh, they've diluted. I think they've diluted that content so much at this point. What more is there? Like you said, they're still gonna do dumb things like they did the other night, and it's not that it was offensive. You guys both. It was just bad TV. And yeah. Lord knows Fox has enough. They they still produce their own bad TV occasionally. <laughs> I watched three seasons of The Last Man on Earth and hated myself for half an hour every Sunday <laughs> night for watching that drivel. Never even heard of it. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> it was just bad, 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 and more bad. I watched like two episodes. I, I started watching not to, but but my point was <laughs> that yes, they'll trot out some bad storylines and some bad content, and it'll it happens. To, and and to kind of I guess and are we wrapping up, Mike? Uh, I got one more. Okay, because I got one thing point. I want to almost like bring it back around to, and I'll just do it now. Then you can get to your point. Okay. But when Jamie talking about WWE can sign these guys, that's where I think if I'm other companies, 
that's where I start to get scared, knowing the amount of money WWE now has. They now have if just for TV rights. They've tripled the TV rights, right? Is yep. that they've they've tripled what they're getting for TV rights? That's a lot of extra revenue for a company that already can outspend every other wrestling company in the world by quite a a large margin. So that's where other wrestling companies, I think, might mm-hmm. probably get a little nervous right now because compared to the Yankees in baseball, the if somebody can pay. A guy in baseball, thirty million. The Yankees can pay him forty million. Yeah. And in wrestling, if somebody can pay, uh, you know, wrestler X a million dollars, WWE can pay him two million dollars. And when you're talking about that big of a discrepancy, every every guy on every person on earth, unless you're just some crazy independent wealthy guy who doesn't need the money or whatever, but you know, if somebody's offering you even fifty percent more than than what your next best offer is. You, you have to take it. You can't not take it. You can't look your family in the eye yep. and say, well, I'm going to stay here because I want uh, of my artistic integrity, you know. And to piggyback on that, Brian, the only other thing, if I were any other company out there that would make me real nervous right now, and nobody's really touched on this yet, remember all this money we're talking about in these deals, this is a North American deal. This is a U.S. deal right now. There's a whole lot of world out there that WWE just set themselves a really high dollar bar for a U.S. domestic network. Asia is a huge market that you know they've been looking at for a while. If I were somebody, what I'd be getting nervous about is waiting for WWE Asia to open up, WWE Europe to open up, because now when you're talking billion dollars, now you've got the money to do massive expansion in places where you aren't yet. Yeah, having said that, though, I don't think WWE is going to go on like this spree of like trying to shut down other companies. I think they would never do that. <laughs> but I, I, I think they've actually gotten smarter and realized that they can use they can without without yeah. having yeah. to spend any money, they can leverage these companies to help They're season. Pretty, yeah their performers and then when they want to take guys who they perceive to be the biggest stars they they can go and pluck them i mean look at the nxt roster with like an adam cole or somebody like that adam cole cut his teeth in ring of honor became a big star in ring of honor and wwe didn't have to pay him any money for him to get that much seasoning and then when they were the time was right they could make the offer so i don't think they're going to um i don't think they're going to go on this run of like trying to shut down other companies but i don't think it's like some noble reason. I think it's for selfish reasons. What? What? Just be dead wrong. And how pissed am I going to be when they give the new owners of Chaotic Wrestling like two million dollars to buy Chaotic <laughs> Wrestling? You think I'm pissed about my eleven dollars stock right now? Wait till Fury and the ownership group get a, get a five million dollar offer. Be pissed. <laughs> well, speaking of money, my final point is the money. A billion dollars, millions more coming. Does any of that trickle down to the boys? Do yeah. we see yeah, I think them so. getting raises? I, I don't think I don't. <laughs> WWE's a smart business, <laughs> so I don't think they're just going to go and give like give like uh, hey everybody gets an extra fifty thousand right. dollars in their downside guarantee now. <laughs> like I don't think I don't think they're going to be doing like those government uh, stimulus kind of no two hundred five live. You're millionaires <laughs> now, yay! But but at the same time, and then somebody said, I had this conversation with somebody else talking about leverage. Maybe it was you. It was me. Um, it's like 20 minutes ago on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. We were talking <laughs> separate conversation. when this about first this happened exact, yeah. about yeah, about like, well, these guys have no leverage. They won't have any leverage because that's where they make the most money. But it's like, well, they do have leverage because how much these networks are paying for them. If you're a top guy in WWE, you have a ton of leverage because yeah. 
who's going to replace you? So it's like, well, I'll just, I've made a ton of money. I'll just, I'll just go, I'll leave. That's their, that's their negotiating point. WWE can't let guys who are driving ratings go. So when it comes time to come to the negotiating table, yeah, I think, I think the money will be better. I think that's come around to your way of thinking on this too. And I think Crockett said it earlier, you know, so WWE invests to make Roman Reigns a star and he's on Fox programming and Fox, he's like the face of, of Fox. And then all of a sudden they say, oh, yeah, his contract was up and we didn't want to pay him more, so we're going to let Roman Reigns walk. Sometimes Fox, like you said, can be like, uh, wait a minute, we've just put this guy in all of our programming. No, you you need to keep him yeah, around. Yeah, because for, for again, you think we always think of like, these guys don't have any leverage. These guys don't have any leverage. You're thinking in a traditional sense of like, there is no WCW. Mm-hmm. There is no ECW or whatever, although the money was never relevant with ECW. But they have options, especially if you're these top guys with movies, television. There are, there are other forms of entertainment that some of these guys could try to get into, and that's their leverage. And this is uh, all very interesting, and if this deal goes through, we all assume it is. They say it's imminent. Then, I mean, if what you guys are saying is even close to coming true, this is going to be a, a whole new world for yeah, It's fascinating. For it's, yeah. it's, it's really fascinating. But, but I, think, I think the overall thing here is like the health of the professional. You know, everybody talks about like boom periods and this and that. It's like, I, I think we're in it, guys. I think, yeah. and, and it happened in a different way. Uh, you know, the, it wasn't the ratings bonanza of the, of the late 90s or in the 80s WWE. It was mainstream with, um, you know, and then they were just, selling out arenas everywhere it's television rights and then the kind of the uh the underground sort of scene like you know of pro wrestling the independent scene of pro wrestling has become like this cool weirdly cool thing again so it's um the overall health of pro wrestling is is pretty damn good and i know jamie you said one time but you know, over the course of when wcw went out of business there hasn't been a company that would, could even threaten putting 10,000 asses in seats till now. So to me, that indicates that the overall health of the business is pretty good. It certainly is. And we really want to hear your feedback. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, what you think of the deal and the health of professional wrestling as a whole. Use the hashtag WPAN and uh, leave a voicemail like Mike Mills did. We heard from him earlier. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Do you vehemently disagree with us? Do you agree Call us. Let us know. We want to hear your voice on this podcast, 401-584-9726. And Mike Mills is a part of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast. And they do two shows a week, the Smoky Mountain Show. We still recommend the Smoky Mountain Show, right, Brian, the uh, podcast? Absolutely. Okay. And the Thursday flagship show, MikeMills.Podbean.com, if you want more information on Booking the Territory. And from the south to the north, our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast with our friends Joe Morata and Michael Quinn as they romp through the world of retro wrestling. OVPpodcast.com is their home base. Take a look at them and take a listen to them. And greetings from Allentown with PW, Peter Winson. Every week he talks about one episode of wrestling television and you go inside the mind of GF Allentown. Check out that podcast each and every week. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart and all the rest. Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Find that feed. Subscribe. You will enjoy. All right, guys, it's time for this week's promo about nothing. 
But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Being dicks, all right? All right. Yeah, I said it, Brian. Cody and the Young Bucks are being dicks. You got the kingpin of chaos in front of you. The Mastodon. The Maxed Executioner. The Sherman Tank. The Moose. The man once known as Brian fucking Buffet. And you still haven't booked him for All In. I can't, I, I can't support this. And you know what? I'll tell you one more thing. BDA Radio has the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Book yourself with the best content at BDARadio.com. They're dicks, right? No, absolutely not. Oh, they're good guys? Yeah, great guys. Okay. I like that, Brian. <laughs> long game. We talked about it. A long con. We're going to get you on that show. September 1st, Chicago, Illinois. Suburban Chicago, I should say. All right, Brian. All right, Jamie. It's promo about nothing time. And the year 1983. You were what, like 31? In or around. And Brian, uh, after just uh, a couple weeks, we're going back to the AWA, the American Wrestling Association, Vern Gagne, up there in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And Brian Mean Gene, once again, is standing by with a gentleman known as the Redneck, David Schultz. Ooh. This is going to go well. <laughs> Let's take a listen to this week's promo about nothing. Dave, the Redneck Schultz, as the fans call you, you see something like this happen, it's got to be upsetting to you. It don't upset me at all, baby. Let me tell you, I think it's great. You know what I mean? If you're going to go on a hunt, you got to be able to run with the big boys. If he can't run with the big boys, he said, get out. He shouldn't come out here. Last time I was in San Francisco, I went downtown looking for a woman. You know what I mean? I wanted a woman. I couldn't find a woman. I found a lot of men that look like women. Now you, Hulk Hogan, you belong in San Francisco. What's wrong with you, Gene? I'm telling you like it is, baby. You belong in San Francisco. That's your kind of place. That's your kind of people because you've never had a woman, baby. And now I'm challenging you. I'm challenging uh, you right uh, now. So that might get some scrutiny if, it, if that ends up on Fox. Whew. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you could turn this into like a For the Pops quiz and you said, okay, in what direction is this promo going to go? I'm going to be honest with you. I was thinking racist. I thought it was going to be really racist. And, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wow, I would have been wrong. But no, then there was that swerve where no, he, he went in a different direction, just as offensive. But, but you know. Just a redneck doing a redneck thing. That, that held up well. Yeah. I mean, the crazy thing is that I was allowed to go on TV in yes. 1983 without anybody batting an eye. That's, that's good. That's really good. That's good heat. Let's, let's. <laughs> Gene was batting an eye. He was uh, doubled <laughs> over in laughter. He sold it. <laughs> oh. I, the, <laughs> What makes it is done? He can't get it back together. What makes it is the hillbilly accent. (laughs) You know what I picture like when when you do that? Like, and 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 uh, he's a nice guy, but I picture like adults' father like watching that and being like, 
Yeah, it's back when wrestling was good. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, there are actually people back, who watch it. Back when men were like, men. I was going to say, like, Brian, I'm looking at you like, our fathers would probably watch it and be like, yeah, I miss it when wrestling was like that. <laughs> oh, good God. A woman. <laughs> I saw a lot of men. <laughs> that looked like woman. Wow. So, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Weird and wild stuff. That, that's how you sell your main event feud <laughs> in the AWA. Some good old-fashioned homophobia. There you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. Brian, you're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got them dates for me? Yeah, that's Friday night. I'll be heading to Lowell, Massachusetts oh. for Chaotic Wrestling's Chaotic Countdown. There's some dude love there. <laughs> Get it? What? <laughs> <laughs> Mick Foley himself is oh, going to be in. Oh, I see. Cactus Jack, Mankind, Dude Love. Gonna be there in attendance. Better stay out of my way. I, I, I won the cat countdown last year. I'd like to, I'd like to repeat, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm probably the odds-on favorite. You got to figure, right? Well, now, Jamie's not booking, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If it, if it was me, you could probably pick which one of like four people was gonna go over. <laughs> Malonus, handsome, you know, Chase or Fury was usually my four, right? <laughs> I'm not booking either, but I never book myself on top. So, well, nobody can ever, nobody can ever accuse me of booking myself in the. Uh, in the uh, in the main events, I did hold lots of people down and lots of people out. You can read, <laughs> you can find stuff evidence of that all over the internet these days. <laughs> but anyway, he's got a chaoticwrestling dot com uh, for ticket and full card information because I don't care to look anything else up. <laughs> the very next night, Mike, I'm headed to the big city. Wow, the Big Apple. Wow, New York City. Hammerstein Ballroom. My kind of town. New York Excellence. Ring of Honors International TV taping. I will be there in attendance, performing, teaming, I'm sure, with the Beer City Bruiser. Then I'll be heading to Bethany, Connecticut, Mike, on Saturday night, June the 23rd for Northeast Wrestling. Go to northeastwrestling.com and find them on social media for all your ticket and card information. And then at the end of the month, the last weekend of the month, uh, Ring of Honor's Best in the World pay-per-view. Not sure if I'll be there yet, but I might as well go ahead and plug it. And that's Friday night, June the 29th from Baltimore, Maryland. The very next night uh, in Fairfax, Virginia, Ring of Honor's international TV taping. So how about that? How about that? A big com. Yes, indeed. And if you want to book the Kingpin, email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net or DM him on the Twitter. He is at Brian Malonis on that uh, social media site. Jamie, thank you very much for being a part of the wrestling podcast about nothing. Uh, your podcast, we get two podcasts now, right? For the Pops. That's right. You can catch them on alternating Fridays on the NAI Pop Network. We have For the Pops, and we have the Let the Chaos Begin with Rich Palladino. We cover the Homecoming Show with John Cena and Vince McMahon's special appearance. And then uh, Scotty Slade will be back on For the Pops uh, next week. Amazing. And you are at Jamie J UCW? At Jamie J UCW on Twitter. And that's amazing. Thanks very much for being a part of the podcast, sir. Thank you for having me back. And we will be back, Brian, next Monday for episode 111 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing. <laughs>